apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And it is over. The Denver Nuggets won their first NBA title Monday night, their first title in the 47-year history of their franchise, beating the Miami Heat four games to one. And Frank, I don't know where you are, but as I said a week ago, great organizations can only take it so far in the NBA. Great players win championships. It's been going on for 40 years. Magic, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaq, Tim Duncan, Steph Curry, LeBron, and now Nicole Jokic. And the Denver Nuggets, I mean, Nicole Jokic was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he, he, he was great. But also Jamal Murray, him and Jamal Murray proved why they are the best duo in the league. I mean, they, they, they both were outstanding. Also, Aaron Gordon really stepped up a lot in the finals. And on the Heat side, really outside of Butler and Bam, no one else was consistent. And that was the biggest fear with the Miami Heat going into the series is, were they going to get other guys to step up around Butler and Bam? And that didn't happen. And that's why they lost their second straight NBA second second NBA final in four years and that's why the Denver Nuggets won their first NBA championship yeah the Nuggets yeah came away in game five you know and I think they wanted to put that series away they didn't want to go back to Denver for game six and or they didn't want to go back to Miami yeah I just I, I think Miami kind of just ran out of gas Baller hit a couple of shots kind of late in game five but he had a kind of rough I think he was two two for 13 to start Bam played really well um, but yeah, just not enough guys kind of stepped up around them. Um, I just, I just think that he just kind of ran out of gas. Then 
again, Bruce Brown played really, really well. Christian Brown played really well. You know, um, he's won back-to-back title now. National championship and now an NBA title. Is I know, year, so. I know, I know. That's that's, that's crazy. He, he, yeah. he stepped up big time in game three. He did. Yeah, he did. He had 15 points, and I think most of them came in the fourth quarter, second half. So he played a really good game three. He stepped up, and Nuggets had guys that stepped up around Jokic. And, um, yeah, the Nuggets found a way to, to win their first title. They just they just had a little bit more. They just have more talent than Miami. Absolutely. And Nicole Jokic was the MVP. Now he has two. Uh, two NBA, two two league MVPs, regular season MVP. Oh, let's call them regular season MVPs. That's when they usually vote. That's when they vote on it. So, but two league MVPs and an NBA Finals MVP. Uh, and he should have a third straight MVP. I think it was absurd that uh, MB did MB didn't MB won yeah. the MVP over him. But the biggest question for right now, I think it's pretty obvious at this point. Is he the best player in basketball? And I and and obviously and obviously I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. The guy is just he's just pretty much he's unstoppable offensively. He's a, a, a seven foot big man, so he's so he's got the size. He but also what, what a lot of big men don't do is is what a lot of big men don't do is they can they can handle the ball, and, and and he can do and he can do that and he can shoot the three. So he can just he can do all of those things. So that, that that's why Jokic is is, is I, to me that's why he is clearly the best player in basketball. Yeah, absolutely. He can make his teammates around him better. Um, you know he he's done a really good job of doing that. Um, yeah, he's just so unstoppable being a seven, one, you know, point guard, pretty much that he can do so much with the basketball. You don't know what he's going to do with it. He's so good at just taking the basket. Um, it's tough to kind of stop him when he gets in the paint and backs you down. It's, it's tough to stop him. Um, so, um, it's going to be, it's so right now. Yeah. I think he's the best player again. I know. I started to kind of believe in your theory of a big man, the best, your your best player can't be a center, but he's able to kind of, even though I know he's, te- he, yeah, here's, he's here's, the, thing about, here's the thing about my theory. Center. Here's the thing about my theory. I, I was more talking about guys like Jokic and Embiid. And why I had that theory is I, I felt like a lot of centers cannot do what Jokic can do, which, which means distribute the ball and shoot threes. That's why I had that theory of, Oh, the best player in the in the NBA can't can't be a center. So I th- th- that's why I felt that way. But I mean, but but obviously, uh, seeing what's what's happened, I mean, with Jokic, I, I think I think he, I, I mean I I, I I I he's not to me he's not a typical center, and that's why to me he is the best player in the league. And you he's and you saw he proved it and he proved it on my night. You can win a championship with him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, small market team. They. They got the right draft choices. Murray, you know, Michael Porter. They've gotten good, good kind of role guys. You know, Christian Brown, um, Bryce Brown. Aaron Gordon was an all-star with the Orlando Magic. So, yeah, you know, Denver's done a really good job building it, building around Jokic, finding shooters where, you know, if you double him, he's going to be able to find an open guy. And, yeah, I think right now the way, you know, hopefully there's more spotlight him on next year that there, he's got more national kind of TV games. I know it's tough because they're usually at 1030 at night, but um, – you know, again, it'd be nice to see them instead of the Lakers 60 times a year. So it'd be nice to watch him a little bit more. But yeah, you know, he I, right now I do think he's the best player in the sport. Yeah, oh, easily, easily. He's, he's, he definitely is the, the best player in the sport. There's there's no doubt about that. There's there's no, there there is no doubt about that at all. That 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 he is that guy. And I, th- I and I think uh, that the big question now is and, and go back to the Nuggets is is can this Nuggets team be a dynasty? Can this Nuggets team be a dynasty with, with the way they're constructed? I mean, with uh. With 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 pretty much four of their best players not being in their thirties, that, that's that's the biggest thing. With four of their best players being in their twenties, and you got you got Jokic who's a 20, 26, you know twenty eight, and you got Murray who's twenty six. 
can this team become a can this team become a dynasty? That, that's the big question for the Nuggets. And honestly, I think they they they, they could be. They could. I wouldn't say they're going to duplicate what Golden State did, but I think they definitely could be the next team, the model franchise in the NBA. Yeah, I think so too. Um, look at the Western Conference right now. It's wide open. The Warriors are getting older. I know you guys you can't count them out next year, but there's not much left in the tank there. We'll see what the Lakers do all, this offseason. The Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi, can they stay healthy? Phoenix is a two-man show. Um, we'll see if Frank Vogel and that kind of team does to try to they can get any guys around those two. Um, trying to it, you know, we'll you know, we'll see what happens with Morant and the Grizzlies with that suspension. I think my Kings are going to take a step back next year. They're, the West is wide open, you know, like it, it, they, they could really win that. You know, yeah, they, I could see them win another couple of championships the way the West is constructed right now. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now I think Dem- I think uh, Phoenix is going to be really good next year because they're going to have Durant and uh, Booker playing at the same time. They're going to be both playing at the same time. They're going to have a lot of time together. They didn't have a lot of time together this off season. And I mean, I and, and yeah, I, you think your Kings are going to take a step back? I still think they're going to the, your yeah. Kings are going to be really, really good. And uh, Golden State, Steph Curry is still a great player, so I think they're going to be in the mix. And still, the Lakers, I think, are going to be in the mix too. So, I, I I think the Nuggets will be the favorite, but it definitely is going to be competitive in the West. Yeah, it definitely will. Um, it it, it definitely will. You know, there because you're seeing a lot of guys um get get older in this league. You know, or the LeBrons of the world, Kawhi, Paul George is getting up there. Durant's an older guy, like. The West is, you know, Curry, obviously, Clay Thompson. Um, all, all those guys are getting older, and they're kind of getting past their prime. And, yeah, Jokic right now, kind of prime opportunity, you know, right there with Booker, kind of right in the same age range. Uh, obviously, Morant, a little bit younger than them. So, yeah, you know, right now the West is really wide open. Yeah, I think Phoenix right now is probably their biggest threat. I'm not a big Frank Vogel guy. Like, I, 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 I you know, I understand why I got rid of Monty Williams, but I don't really see much of an upgrade there. So we'll see, you know, it, it, you know, I know they got, they got DeAndre Ayton too, but I just, I don't know if they got the depth pieces like what Denver has. And, you know, I, I could see Denver absolutely win this division again and or winning the conference again and going back to the finals next year. Oh, easily, easily, easily. I mean, they have the best player in the sport. They're going to have the best player in the sport for the next four to five years, at least, at least. Yeah. They got the, they got, uh, unless like Wembenyama Yama becomes unbelievable because I think Jokic is clearly a better player than Giannis. I think he can just handle the ball better and he's better at making guys around and making teammates around him better. And we saw Giannis this year in the, we've seen Giannis in the playoffs. Some of these playoff performances for Giannis, blowing the 0-2 lead against the Raptors. Uh, last year getting blown out in game seven against the Celtics. And then this year blowing two uh, big leads in the fourth quarter against Miami. Uh, and his team was pretty much healthy. I mean, Jokic didn't get to the finals. Yeah, he got to, in the bubble. He got to the conference finals. Yeah, Jokic wasn't great in the playoffs. The, the Nuggets weren't great in the playoffs the last few years. But the big reason for that is they didn't have Jamal Murray. With Jamal Murray and Jokic, the last two times they've been in the postseason, they've been conference finals minimum. Yeah, yeah, they have. You know, they kind of they've been right there on the doorstep, kind of knocking at it the last couple of years, and they finally got over the hump this year. And yeah, you mentioned it. You know, Murray was healthy. Michael Porter, I know he wasn't great during the finals, but he was finally healthy too. He's been somebody that's kind of battled a lot of injuries, you know, since he was at Missouri. Um, you know, and, and then Aaron Gordon had like a really good postseason, in pretty good year. Like he's a former all-star. You know, I think people kind of forget about that, you know, the top five pick, you know, uh, a couple years ago. And he, he's, he was phenomenal. So, yeah, you know, Giannis hasn't totally been big, been able to make guys around him better. He is great at attacking the basket. Again, but he's not a you know the shooting still got to get a bit better. We've seen that you do have to respect Jokic. Again, he's not he's not going to shoot it lights out, but you at least have to respect them. And uh, that that's a two 
for me, that kind of feels like it's a difference maker between those two as well. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Just yeah, and you look at the yeah, the Nuggets going forward are in great shape. They won a title. They're they got the they got the coach. They got the duo of uh of Murray and uh and uh and Yo and Jokic. So they're in great shape going forward. This Nuggets team, and I I think they are going to be the team of the Western Conference in, in for the next couple of years. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I think it's a change in the guard in this conference with all the veteran guys kind of aging and um, the Warriors kind of getting to the end of that dynasty or the, to the yeah the end of that core. So, yeah, you know, I think the Nuggets, this thing's wide open um, for them, the West Coast right now. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, without a, without a doubt. Now we move on to the team that lost in the NBA Finals. That's the Miami Heat. And the big question is, is where do the Heat go from here? And And, and really for the Heat, the big the big question is, uh, can they can they win a championship with the team they have constructed? And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because it seems like every time, the last two times they've gotten to the finals, they've been completely overmatched by the Lakers in the bubble and by the Nuggets in this NBA finals. And I think they need another guy. The Heat need another guy if they're going to win a championship. You could talk so much about Heat culture, Heat culture, Heat culture. But again, as I've said, over, I've said all throughout the postseason, great organizations only take you so far. Great players win championships. The Heat need more talent. They're going to be a championship team. That's why Dame Lillard makes perfect sense for this Heat team. Put Dame, Butler, and Bam together. That's that's a championship core. That's a core that very easily can get back to the NBA Finals. And that's a core that has the capability to win the NBA Finals. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They do need another guy. Dame Lillard, I think, would fit perfectly right there um, with that team. Yeah, because, I again, I think, yeah, they just didn't have the power to do it. I just think they ran out of gas, too. Um, they played a hard-fought series in Boston, um, you know, the Knicks, you know, and then um, I know they took care of the Bucks pretty easily. You know, even the Knicks series, you know, they, they kind of took care of business. But um, it just felt like they just didn't have much left in the tank there. And um, I, I think that he, um, again, the organization's great. But yeah, you just you need another star. I know you've always mentioned it. They, you know, you need another star player around. It's the organization can't. The organization can only take you so far. The coaching can only take you so far, and um, that's kind of what happened to Miami here. Again, it you know the incredible run yet again. You can't count out this franchise. But yeah, you can. They can get another superstar. Damian would be perfect for that team. Another score. Another th- you know, um, and a chance for him to. Um, and for a chance for a little to kind of compete and, and win a finals because you know I know I know Portland hasn't totally had you know I know he made the conference finals once but be yeah I think adding him to the Heat that that team definitely threatened the Eastern Conference maybe even a favorite we'll see what happens with with the Celtics you know this off season absolutely I mean this is perfect Miami would be a perfect perfect spot for Damian Lillard to go perfect he's he's got a team that made it to the finals and he is that piece that very easily can get them over the edge, get them over the hump that they've been trying to get over the last, pretty much the last four years, ever since they got Jimmy Butler. Like first year they got Jimmy Butler, got to the finals and lost. Second year, I feel like they were a little tired playing in the bubble and they lost in the first round to Milwaukee, who won the championship. Last year, they lose to the Celtics in the conference finals. This year, they lose in the finals again. I think Dame Lillard is that guy that's going to get them over the hump. I feel like he is the player that's going to get Miami over the hump. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, they, they the Miami's been close and it just, yeah, it just feels like they just need that one piece. And yeah, you know, it, it's cool to see all these undrafted guys kind of find a home and be able to succeed in Miami and, and have a role. But yeah, it just, you know, it only takes you so far. And yeah, if you can add a Damian Lillard for what they already have, you know, they got some trade assets on on that team. You give up a couple of those guys and yeah, you, you can bring in Damian Lillard, who's a guy that's, you know, seems like, you know, 
um, could be looking to get out. And yeah, you, you add a guy like that at the point guard spot. Um, he's a great distributor. He's a great shooter. I know he's not great defensively, but I, again, that's going to have to change in Miami. And I, I bet it will. And yeah, I think that Heat team right there is that's a big threat to, yet again to Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and, and you know, and whoever comes out of the West if they if the Heat get it get to the finals yet again. Oh, absolutely, without question, without question. I mean, yeah, it hit him, Bradley Beal. They they just can't win because this core can only take them so far. I mean, Bam and Jimmy can only take them so far. Now, it's gotten to the NBA Finals, but let's be honest, watching those finals versus watching, you know, the finals last year with the Celtics and Warriors, and watch, we're watching the finals with the Suns and the Bucks. these two finals that they were in, I think we kind of knew, even going in, who was going to win. Yeah, yeah, I had Nuggets and five. I didn't like disrespecting the, the Heat, but yeah, I just felt like the Nuggets just had too much firepower. You know, I didn't know how much left was in the tank for Miami, and and yeah, you just kind of felt like you knew Denver's gonna win. You kind of figured Miami might have a shot just because of the organization and what they've done so far. But yeah, it just kind of felt like this was such a bigger task and just a tougher uphill battle. And just and it and it was, you know. Again, when they won game two, you kind of think maybe we have a series here, but that Denver goes back on the road and just kind of figures it out. And yeah, I just and the Heat just didn't have um enough. Yeah, you know, Lillard, Bradley Beal, another superstar you could kind of fit in there yeah you know maybe they they maybe they can win that final so yeah you can add another superstar in there you know um they're much more evenly matched with denver absolutely 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 so you know fun nba season we'll be back next week talking about the draft but congratulations to the nuggets they had a great year they proved they proved in these playoffs why they were clearly clearly the best team in the nba but we're going to transition to the nfl and yesterday stefan diggs was not at camp for the Buffalo Bills, but today he is, I mean, mandatory, mandatory minicamp for the Bills, but today he is at mandatory minicamp for the Bills, but the situation is, is a weird situation right now. Stefan Diggs was not, did not like the way it was pretty, it was pretty obvious when you watch that game against the Bengals, he did not like the way he was utilized against the Bengals. Even Sean McDermott said yesterday, this is concerning. This is concerning. And even Josh Allen was like, you know, we love the guy and we got to get things fixed here. Uh, this, I think I'm not, I'm not concerned that he's going to be, he's definitely going to be a bill, but is there concern about the chemistry between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs? I think there is a little bit seeing what happened in the playoff game last year, seeing them only scoring 10 points in that playoff game and seeing that Josh Allen got outplayed by Joe Burrow in that game. Yeah, there might be a little bit, you know, it's, it is, I think maybe a little bit concerning. Um, yeah, it kind of felt like, you know, the way it kind of Allen was talking about him and, you know, kind of what happened last year in that um game in Cincinnati yeah just the way it kind of all fell apart for for Buffalo because they kind of felt like this could be their year and it just yeah kind of fell short yet again so yeah you know I could absolutely see it where um maybe there is a little bit of an issue you know nothing where he's gonna sit out from but yeah maybe there's um a little bit of kind of you know maybe there's a little bit more kind of to it right now in Buffalo and yeah that maybe it could affect them maybe they figure it out you know there's Still a couple months before the season starts, and you know they hopefully for that team's sake and that city to hopefully finally get a ring that they can finally figure it out. 
Oh, absolutely. 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 And yeah, I mean, it's just, it, yeah, this is the Bills right now. This is their time. This is their time. They got, you know, a quarterback in their prime, a wide receiver in his prime. This is their time to get, to get the job done. And we know, and we all know last year they were my pick. They were pretty much everyone's pick to win that Super Bowl because of the game that they had, the, the game, the game against the, uh, because the game against the Chiefs where it was back and forth and they lost that game right at the end, but everybody thought going into the next year, this is the team, this is the team, this is the, this is the team. And then 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 they go they stay and they were 13 and 3 had a really good regular season, but they go out in the playoffs. They pretty much they pretty much didn't were not impressive. They beat the Dolphins with with uh with Skylar Thompson, but they were not impressive in that game. And that led to them being absolutely terrible against the Cincinnati Bengals. And you know, Diggs probably thought, you know, this is the year I'm getting to the Super Bowl. Because you look, you looked at the Kansas City Chiefs, he's like, they don't have Tyree Kill now. The Bengals are like, uh, are they good or this just a one? Are they just a one-year wonder? But he realized after that game, right after that game against the Bengals, we're like the third best team in the AFC right now. We thought we were the best team going into the season, so I definitely can understand the frustration from Stephon Diggs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because he was the one out there when they lost in that AFC Championship game a couple years ago. When he's standing out there watching the celebration, like, yeah, you know, you kind of felt like he wanted to get to that moment, wanted to kind of get that feeling of of kind of not wanting to get back or wanting to, um, you know, wanting to get over the hump, wanting to get to that Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel like it was tough for him. And, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, he's trying to do whatever, you know, trying to get there, um, doing whatever it, it takes. And maybe kind of some other guys maybe aren't. And, yeah, because it kind of felt like, they, yeah, because, you know, the, you know, the concern with the Bills the last couple of years is, is it's like, are they built to play in their home stadium at, you know, in January? It just kind of because they just haven't been able to win the football. It's kind of, you know, affected them a bit. I know maybe they, they can bring in Dalvin Cook this week or, you know, maybe they could they could sign him and that helps out that running game immensely. And maybe that helps out Diggs wanting to stay around. But yeah, you know, I bet there's a lot of frustration with Diggs. You know, he's obviously the rest of the team wants to get over that hump and wants to get to Super Bowl. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe there's something going behind, you know, behind closed doors right now. And this, it's just, uh, you know, guys are just a little bit frustrated with everything. Yeah. Now, speaking of Dalvin Cook, uh, last week, the Vikings released Dalvin Cook. And and uh, we talked about the Bills and Dalvin Cook. And one of my three teams that I think he fits best is best best on is the Buffalo Bills. And I know the Bills have, you know, I know they have, they have, they have uh, James Cook and Damian Harris. But let's be honest, they get Dalvin Cook. That is a huge pickup. And you said it that might make uh Stefan Diggs happy because they played together in Minnesota. So I, I think Dal I think the Bills would definitely be a team that Dalvin Cook uh would fit really well. Number two, and this is the team I think he's going to because he's from down there. It's the Miami Dolphins. And I think the Dolphins, I know they they they, they need a running back, Raheem Mostert and, and uh Jimmy and and uh Wilson and Mostert aren't that good. So they need a running back. And I think Dalvin Cook would be a really, really good addition. Uh, down in down in Miami, and he's from there. That's why I think he's going there. And then third, I'm going to stick with another AFC East team, and I'm going to go with the New York Jets. They got Brees Hall coming off an ACL. This, I mean, imagine imagine Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in the same backfield with Aaron Rodgers. That would be really really good. Yeah, it would. Now, um, I got two of the three. I got one number one with my with the Dolphins. Yeah, he's from from the area. Played at Florida State. I know that's more northern Florida, but yeah, it's a team that made the playoffs last year. He'd be a big upgrade at the running back position. You know, because McDaniel likes to run the football, likes to scheme up, you know, coming from that Niners offensive system. And they were not great last year running the football, and he would, you know, help that immensely. Yeah, second one with Buffalo, you know, his brother James Cook plays up there. Yeah, you know, 
going with um, Josh Allen, that offense, Stephon Diggs, you know, would help him in the playoffs playing at home. Um, last year was snowing there. You know, that Dolphins game, I think it was, you know, that Dolphins game, they strolled to run the football or they just, you know, the whole offense just that to should have beat them big and they, they couldn't. So I think Buffalo is another fit. And then number third, I should, the uh, Chicago Bears, they have this cap space still. Um, you know, he knows the division and it'd be a really good upgrade. And again, that all that that division too is so wide open. I, you know, I know Detroit's the favor right now, you know, them or Minnesota. Um, but I, I think, you know, Chicago could add a guy like that. It feels kind of continue to, um, to improve and, and develop. I think maybe Chicago maybe has an outside chance of, um, of finding a way to make win that division. You know, you, you can add a guy like Dalvin Cook in your backfield. Yeah, Cook would be Cook would definitely be a good addition for the uh, for, for the Chicago Bears. The Bears were like fourth on my list too, so I really I really like that too. But staying in the AFC East, DeAndre Hopkins is planning on visiting the Patriots uh, today and to, and tomorrow. Uh, this is a guy if you're the Patriots and you're trying to compete in a division with Aaron Rodgers, with Josh Allen, with Tua, and those skill guys of Jalen Waddle and, uh, and and Tyree Kill. You got you got to you can't let this guy leave the building. I know he's not as good as he once was, but if you look at Kyler Murray over the last couple of years, when he's had him on the field, Kyler Murray has been a much better quarterback when he's been on the field from when he's not been on the field. I still think he's one of the top ten receivers in football. And if you're the Patriots, you need it. You need to help out Mac Jones at this point. Really, outside of hiring Bill O'Brien, you've done everything you can to set Mac Jones up to fail. He didn't put any offensive, any good offensive talent around him. Last uh, last last off season, then you hire a defensive coach to be your offensive coordinator, which is disgraceful. Mm. And even this year, you didn't go out and get a, really upgraded a receiver to, during the draft. You you really didn't upgrade there. Your only upgrade you made was Juju Smith Schuster, which you're pretty much just swapping out Juju Smith Schuster for Jacoby Myers, his favorite receiver that you didn't resign. Yeah. So if you're the Patriots, you you have to, you should have a contract ready to go to give the, to DeAndre Hopkins when he's in that building. You don't you don't let him leave without a contract. Well, they did cancel practice today, so that you know maybe the the uh, awareness is you know that they uh, made sure to pay all the attention to DeAndre Hopkins today. I'm totally with you. I'm not trying to get. I'm not getting my hopes up about signing because I, I, but I completely agree. If they want him, they better make sure that he signs before he steps back foot on uh, you know, before he takes he go takes a ride back to Logan Airport. You, you got to make sure you sign him because yeah, they need they need a number one. I don't like the. I just I didn't understand the Juju one because you could have signed Myers to the same exact contract. Um, yeah, you know, I read this morning too. Bill, Brian, and Hopkins have no animosity towards each other, which is good. But yeah, like if you want to compete in this division, you needed DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I've said it. I'm like a Jones believer. I, I think he can do it. I think you know he can be a top ten quarterback if you give him enough around him. And yeah, you know, again, I, I'm high. You know. Can Thornton make have a big year, you know, big kind of second year? Um, you know, I just don't, you know, we'll see what Devontae Parker can do. But, yeah, I think you got to get Hopkins. You've got to make sure he doesn't leave. I'm not getting my hopes up because it's just the pages don't usually sign guys like this. Um, but, yeah, this would be such a big home run, and this would be huge for, um, you know, Mac Jones and that entire offense to get him. Because, yeah, Mac, Mac was kind of saying it kind of, you know, pretty much said it's nice to kind of have a normal kind of – offensive coaching is the way I took it, you know, when he spoke last week. So yeah, I think for, for Jones, um, this would be a huge help for him and trying to, in such a huge year, could you have to decide if Jones is your guy or not this year and adding Hopkins, it's going to give you, um, 
it, it's going to tell you a lot if he's a guy or not for the future. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to make that determination. And I think with what you've had around Mac Jones, especially over the last couple of years, you really it's not fair to make that determination because they have they've they've set him up pretty much to fail. If you can get a DeAndre Hopkins in there and yeah, he struggles, then you know you don't have your guy in the future and you have to draft the quarterback next year. But you know, if if, if Hopkins is if he's really good with DeAndre Hopkins, then you know you have your guy. So yeah, yeah. People say, oh, the Patriots don't usually do this. The Patriots have to do this. They have to make a move like this to compete in this division because if they don't, they're probably going to finish in last place in the AFC East. Because I don't, I don't. If they don't make this move, I don't, I don't see them finishing any higher than last place in the AFC East. Yeah, I'm with you. It's going to be uphill battle. It sucks. It's like, yeah, you know, because I'm like, we haven't beat Bill hasn't beaten Tua yet. You know, like for hasn't, crazy beaten that two, hasn't beaten Tua, and since Brady's left, he's only beaten Josh Allen once, and that was and that was a total fluke because the wind was like 25 miles an hour that yeah. it, the weather conditions were terrible. That that game was completely that game was totally yeah. in the Patriots' favor because the way the Patriots play and the way the Bills play. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we that, that was a nice steal there, and then you saw what happened the next time we went up to Orchard Park. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, it was not it was not pretty. Later, it's not pretty. It, was, it wasn't pretty. No, you no almost, put, not... almost put 50 on you guys. Yeah, they 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 did. I turned that game off at halftime that thing was over five minutes but uh you know so yeah you, yeah you show again i know they they beat the jets now 12 consecutive times but that's yeah, gonna but, be but, a but, challenge now yeah but they beat them i think 14 consecutive times but did aaron Rodgers play in any of those no. games and tom <laughs> no, brady that, played in half those why. games so that's irrelevant the 14 in a row against the yeah. jets that's irrelevant right now yeah no i'm just saying i say i know we've been a 14 straight times, but it's not going to be that easy anymore no you know? not, like, not, not, yeah. not at all not at all yeah, also like, and you know the Jets want to beat them because nobody. I don't think anybody on that roster is beating the Patriots. So, you know, like, yeah, it's gonna be, you know, yeah, you gotta sign Hopkins to have any chance this division, or just if not finishing last in this division. You know, like, yeah, it, it's gonna be tough, but yeah, they gotta make this move. I know they usually don't. I'm not trying to get my hopes up because I just I don't feel like they're gonna make this move. But I, I I'm hope I wrong. I'm hope I am wrong here, and they do, but. We'll we'll see and yeah they 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 definitely need a big guy they need definitely need Hopkins like this because they really haven't had a true number one I I always loved Edelman but like he was never like a top ten top fifteen receiver in the sport he was really he was good but like he wasn't he wasn't a, you know he was not a Randy Moss type guy or you know he's just not you know he was never like a he was good but like you know never felt like he was one of the top top in the sport but. Yeah, it'd be great to get a Hopkins in there with Mac Jones right now. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. And yeah, they really haven't had a one thousand yard receiver since the twenty nineteen season in, in in Julian Edelman. That's the last time they had a one thousand yard receiver. So in three years, three years since Brady has left, they've not had a one thousand yard receiver. So they they can't let him leave without a contract. They have got to get this done. New England has because they failed to go out and sign Orlando Brown to improve the offensive line. So the offensive line is still going to be middle mm. of the pack because it's going to the interior, not good at tackle. So. This is a move that has to, that has to be made, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It does. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Trent Brown had showed up to practice yet either. So yeah, that that helps her. Even though I can't stand Trent Brown, I don't think you know they're not like that. They got him back, but yeah, they're they're often the line's not going to be great. Um, they they do need a guy like yeah Hopkins to help out that offense. It just I think give any Patriot fans some hope on this year. I know kind of people think maybe they could find a way to get nine and eight, but again i just with that division i think that's going to be pretty pretty impossible to do right now with that with the way the offense is constructed 
Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So now we'll move on to the Giants and Saquon Barkley. And he's, Saquon Barkley has still not signed his franchise tag yet. He still is. He's, it's still. It still has not been signed. And he's obviously not at mandatory minicamp with the team. And there's some rumors out there that he might sit out the entire season th- 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 this year. And for me as a Giants fan, I don't mind him playing for the franchise tag. I real and, and and I'm on the side that I really don't want to give him a long term deal because I've seen what's happened. With, with these long-term deals with these running backs. Look at, look at Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers signed to a long-term deal a couple of years ago. He's on the 49ers now. Ezekiel Elliott, he got signed to a long-term deal. That results in the Cowboys having to cut Amari Cooper, and he's no longer on the team now. And you look at that, what happened to Dalvin Cook this week. So I am not in the camp of signing Saquon Barkley to a long-term deal. I'm, I'm just not. And and, and people, are, people are saying this, saying that, oh, he's the Giants' offense, which is total nonsense, which couldn't be more untrue last year because Daniel Jones had a really, really good season. I mean, and there are a lot of, I have examples of, of uh, how Daniel Jones was a big part of the Giants offense and was as big of a part of the Giants offense as Saquon Barkley was week five against the Packers in London, drove the team down nine and drove two of the team 91 yards down the field for a touch to tie that game without Saquon. And Saquon was hurt. He was not on the field during that drive. Uh, you, you go back to week 16 against the Vikings guy was 30 for 42 for 334 yards and almost won that game against Minnesota and gave the Giants confidence that they can go into Minnesota and win that playoff game. Then we go to the game which got which the Giants clinched a playoff spot in against the Colts where Daniel Jones had four total touchdowns. And then you go back to the Minnesota game where he threw for 300, you threw for over 300 yards and won that playoff game for the Giants. And there's here's the big question. When was the last time Saquon Barkley rushed for over 100 yards in a game? That was week 10 against the Houston Texans. I'm not saying that Saquon Barkley is, is a bad player. I think he's a very good player. I think he's a top, still a top running back in the league. But his value isn't what it is. This is, this is the lowest his value has ever been with the Giants because they got a legitimate quarterback right now in Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I It's tough to pay a long uh, running back long term right now. It, it just is. You know, they're, the shelf life is just so short with these guys. And look, Barkley Barkley's a fantastic player. He'd be great to keep around. But yeah, you know, like, it would have been reported that the Giants offered him between like twelve million and thirteen million. I want to go any higher than twelve, and twelve I think is a lot for running back. I'm not going higher than twelve. I am not going higher than twelve. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't either. Twelve would be my cutoff, and if he's not taking that, I don't blame the Giants for kind of sitting there and and not giving him any more. And look, the one thing I worry about with this is Dable's comments were were interesting, kind of saying I'm going to keep those conversations with Barkley private. Because I'm like, look at the last time Mayor got involved signing a guy long term. That was Eli. And again, that set you guys back a couple of years. I know. Eli, OBJ, be, OB, don't forget about OBJ. OBJ. Don't forget about OBJ. Yeah. That was a mistake because, because we ended up trading him and that cost us $16 million in dead money in the twenty in 2019. So, yeah. So, yeah. When Mayor, do not get Mayor involved in this. Please do not get John Mayor involved in this. Let Joe Shane make this decision. That's why you're paying him to make this decision. Yeah, absolutely. I know Mayor likes, you know, he treats all of like his top pro, uh, top kind of draft choices like his kids, but yeah, he, he he's got to stay away from this one. He he, he absolutely has to because yeah, he's gonna ruin. It probably, again, you go more than twelve million, it's gonna ruin. It's gonna ruin your um, it, it it's gonna kind of ruin it. And I think yeah, you kind of set it back a couple of years. Um, you know, I know you mentioned too. They you know they drafted Eric Gray, who I think is a really good running back. Um, kind of Oklahoma. You know, he won that fourteen hundred yards rushing last year. You got Matt Breida. Like again, you you could see these, you know, look at the Chiefs last year with Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round yeah. pick out of, you know, um did did he did the job. Rippin'. He did the job. Yeah. I, I guarantee you Brita and Gray could very easily do the job 
if you have Breida and Gray rush for you know 65 yards, that's 120 rushing yards. That's that, that, that's worth that's worth Saquon rushing for 120. Okay, it's not worth paying Saquon a ton of money and then and then not being able to pay a guy like an Andrew Thomas. I much rather pay Andrew Thomas than pay Saquon Barkley. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, I I'd absolutely would too. You know, you you got to protect your franchise quarterback now. Again, it's it's unfortunate for all these running backs now because yeah, Barkley's one of the better ones in the in the in the game. But yeah, it's just too much of a risk factor for for these teams to go out and, and go sign these running backs on term. It's it's really unfortunate, but it's the way the business is right now. And again, look. Who uses a fullback anymore? Like that, that's kind of that's out of one team, the 49ers. That's it. Yeah. The Patriots don't even really use one. No, they used to back in the day ever ever since James Devlin Devlin. left. That that was it. Yep. There's very few college scenes that use a fullback now. Like, yeah, it just it's a way the sport is now. It's a pass heavy league and all kind of football. You've seen Cods level two is a pass heavy, you know, most of the offenses are. So it's unfortunate, you know, but yeah, like I think if I'm the Giants. Barkley wants to sit out. Let him sit out. He's got zero leverage right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let, let him sit. Let him sit. If he doesn't want to be a part of this team, let him sit. Let Gray and let Breida do the job. Let let Yeah, let, let him sit. We, we got Daniel Jones. We added a weapon in Darren Waller. We got Jalen Hyatt. Sterling Shepard is going to be back in this receiving court. There's a, a lot of – there's a ton of depth in this receiving court. We're going to get Wondell Robinson back. I know, I know those guys aren't proven in their names, but it's depth at the position. And we and we have that. We have depth at receiver. We got Brita and, and Gray at running back. So we'll I uh, know they might not put up the same production as Saquon Barkley, but we'll see what happens. Saquon's bar, Barkley's value is as low as it's ever been with the Giants. So if he if he, I, I I am very comfortable with him playing in the franchise tag, and I think he'll eventually sign it because he's not going to give up ten million dollars. But I'm on the side of not I'm on the side of not I'm on the side of not giving him a long term deal right now. Yeah, I'm completely with you. You know, yeah, you, you, you just can't. Yeah, you got to let him play on the franchise tag. I know he may not want to, but that, it is what it is. And, you know, yeah, you know, if he sits out, look at Le'Veon Bell. What could happen to him? Destroyed his career for sitting out pretty much. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, I, I can't imagine Barkley makes that same mistake. So, yeah, I just, again, if I'm Giants, I just let him sit there until he wants to sign or if he really wants to sit out, let him. He's got no leverage. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So the Yankees have another big series with the Red Sox this weekend. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. 
and to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Alrighty, so the Yankees uh, lost a tough series to the Red Sox this week, this weekend, but they did bounce back last night with the win over the Mets. But there still are some concerns with the Yankees, and I think one of them is still the off. I know they scored seven runs last night. I know they bounced back, but part of that is because of who the Mets had on the mound. What a waste of money that guy has been for the Mets. Well, that's another story. We'll get to that. We'll get to that uh, later on in the month. But I mean, but the Yankees said offensively, this was the only, only out of all the games judges missed. I think he's. I think he's missed. I'm doing math here. Uh, I think he's missed about 19 to 20 games. They've only scored uh, four. four the last time was only the fourth time they scored more than uh, they scored more than four runs in a game when when uh, when judges miss more than uh, when uh, when they haven't when they haven't had judge in the lineup. So I think this Yankee team, this offense is still. I know they had a good game last night, but I think the Yankee offense is still a real concern for this team. I definitely think it's a real concern. And, and without Aaron Judge, I think this offense is 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 is, is pretty bad without him. You look at the Red Sox series; they scored a combined seven runs, and then the Red Sox are not trotting out Pedro Martinez and Kurt Schilling. Okay, they're trying out Brian Bello and uh, Tanner Houck and and Brian Garrett Whitlock. They're not they're not trotting out Pedro and Schilling out there. And then the Yankee offense only scored seven runs combined. That's very concerning. Also, I think another big concern for the Yankees is uh is Luis Severino. I think Luis Severino has pitched terribly these last couple starts. He was awful last night. He was lucky that Max Scherzer was even worse last night, and that's why they won the game. But Luis Severino has been awful for the Yankees. That's another concern. But heading on, but getting into the positives about the Yankees, uh, I think Domingo Herman has pitched well. I know you don't like him, but he's pitched well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think th- th- this bullpen is outstanding. I think this bullpen is one of the best in baseball, and it will be the best – if they make Clay Holmes the, the ninth inning guy, I think they should. Last night did an outstanding job getting out of that bases loaded jam. It was bases loaded. He struck out and he struck out two guys. He struck out. I think he struck out. Uh, it was a uh, McNeil and Lindor. That was outstanding by Clay Holmes in his eighteen in his eighteen uh, last eighteen appearances, only got up one earned run. So, I think Boone needs to use him as the ninth inning guy. And if he can, if they get a consistent ninth inning guy in this bullpen. I think it's the best bullpen in the game because of the ERA and the way guys have pitched, the way Michael King has pitched, the way – I know Peralta wasn't good last night, but the way Peralta has pitched uh, and the way Marinaccio has pitched, the way these guys have pitched, I think their bullpen is is outstanding. So uh, they're, they're, they're the Yankees, I mean, yes, for how for, – for, I know you can get frustrated about the Boston series, but they're still 39-29. and 29. They still get the second wild card. Ironically, they actually have a better record than the Astros right now. Yes. They're half game ahead of the Astros. I know they're far behind behind, behind Tampa Bay. And it's going to be very hard to catch Tampa Bay, especially with the balanced schedule this year. I think we only play Tampa Bay six more times, so that's going to be very, very hard to, to, to uh, catch them with the balanced schedule. But the Yankees still staying afloat without Aaron Judge. Yeah, they're staying afloat. Yeah, you know, it was they got down five one. They somehow came back against Max Scherzer, but yeah, that he's been 
horrific this year. Yeah. Him and Verlander, 86.2 million, I think the salary spent on those two. 86 million going to those two. So, yeah, it's uh, been tough for them for the Mets. So, yeah, you like to finish them off with a sweep tonight. But, yeah, you know, this offense just this weekend was, yeah, it was pathetic. You know, Willie Calhoun, like, did you ever think, like, you must, you like, you, we must have Willie Calhoun in our lineup. I know, like, I know, I know. Willie Calhoun was a big reason they won on Saturday at the big home yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, he was. And, you know, like, again, that's not a guy I would ever picture wanting to see in the lineup. I know he was like, you know, I think he was part of that U Darvis deal when he came to Texas and um, he was like a top prospect in baseball. So, you know, like, I, I don't think we're going to get that, but yeah, it's been, not, you know, he, he's, he's been good for us, you know, um, but yeah, the rest of the lineup, Sand hit a home run last night, but what Rizzo Rizzo has been awful. You know, he's like one for his last 30, right. Or he got a hit last night. So he's like two for his last, like 34. Now I think like it, Rizzo has been bad. The may finally hit a home run last night. Um, yeah, like the lineup is just completely just out of just it's just not very good. And hopefully Volpe figures some things out. I know the stance changed last night. Oh, yeah, he had, so he had a good night last night. He had that big yeah. double last night. So he had a good night last night. He did. I just again, I again, why doesn't he just try to hit doubles? Why is it always try to hit a home run? I don't, yeah, yeah, he's he's got to learn. It. He's got to learn a double is as good as a sometimes a double yeah. is as good as a homer. Yeah. Yeah, especially with his speed. So he can get on third with us. He's 14-14 on stolen bases this year. So, look, you know, hopefully the offense kind of continue to figure it out, you know. But, yeah, it's – yeah, I have to give credit to Herman. I know I don't like him, but he pitched well Sunday night. He gave him a chance to win the game. That's all you can ask from your Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Or Saturday night, yeah. Yeah, right. they yeah, won Saturday that game night. Saturday, yep. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so he, he pitched well, but, you know – the pitching stats kind of kept him in it. Yeah, I'm worried about Seve. He just everything was up last night for Seve. He couldn't get anything down the zone. So yeah, I'm I'm worried about Seve too. And maybe that's a reason why the Yankees haven't signed him long term yet. So we'll see. I, I'm concerned. I don't. You know, they're eight back. The A's have kind of helped out the Yankees this week. You know, somehow. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And yeah, you know, hopefully this weekend they could bounce back against Boston. Yeah, they're uh, Boston's having a rough week. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, yeah, and going going into the Red Sox, uh, you win two out of three games against the uh, against the Yankees. You think you're coming back a little bit, and then you can't even beat the Rockies. You can't beat the Rockies. They scored three runs on Monday night against the Rockies, and last night Cutter Crawford can't get out of the fourth inning. I mean, this Red Sox team is in big big trouble right now. Thirty three and thirty five, five and a half games out of the wild card, and and uh, I think I, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm, I'm I'm thinking this. There's a there's a chance High and Blue might not make it past the All Star break. I mean, five of their last they lost five straight games to the Indians and the Rockies. The Indians and the Rockies, two teams that probably are not. I mean, the Indians might make the playoffs because the Central is terrible, but two teams that might not even make the playoffs. And the Rockies definitely won't. And the Indians might not either. So the Red Sox they take two out of three in Yankee Stadium and they can't beat the Rockies. So hmm. so inconsistent. They completely fooled the fan base. And there's a, they they have to win games this weekend against the Yankees, or their season might be over. Yeah, it, kind of trending towards that direction. So they lost 15 in the last 20, but nine of them have been by one run. So it's like they just got to get over that hump. Like I, you know, that that's the big thing right now for them. And at home this year against NL Central and in, in the Rockies, they are one in ten, one in ten against the NL Central. So they that, put that's the, they that's that is that that is terrible. Yeah. They got swept by the Pirates. They got swept by the Cardinals, and they and they won one game as the Reds. That's that's gonna hurt them. Like that's a big time kind of hurt. Those are games you gotta make up, especially in that division. 
you got to win those games, and they just haven't. Connor okay. Siebel, their old, their old buddy that they uh, DFA, had a 10 ERA with them last year. Pitch outstanding the other night, Monday night. You know, yep. they had bases loaded, nobody out. Devers' first pitch, chopper to the pitcher, double play. That that was it. You know, like, again, it's been, they've been, you know, it just, it's been, and I know Monday night, tough. They didn't get back to, to Boston at three in the morning. You got to play Monday night. But yeah, like that, it's still not, you know, you still got to beat the Rockies. And yeah, to lose the first two there, I don't know if Himes going to get fired by the All Star break, but yeah, I don't know if he's coming back for another season. They don't make the playoffs. I, I, you know, I just don't. Core last week was kind of talking, um, kind of put some blame on the defense with the errors. Kind of, you know, said you know the roster's away. It is what it is. We can't do anything about it right now. You know, like ooh, he kind ooh, of was talking ooh. like I'm not going down with the ship. Ooh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I would, I honestly would uh, not. If they they bring back Hyam Bloom, if I'm Alex Cora, I'm looking for new jobs. I honestly am because he's just not going to win anything with this team. He's a good enough manager. He's a He's a top manager in the game. I know the cheating scandal and everything. I know, but as a manager, he's one of the, he's one of the top managers in baseball. He shouldn't be managing a team like this. No, he shouldn't. It's Boston too. Like you got to go out and spend. You got to have a better roster than this. Again, Paxton's look pretty good. Like that's something that they could kind of look forward to. But look, it's Sale said it when he won in the IL a couple weeks ago. Like he was finally starting to enjoy baseball again. He looked kind of like the old Chris Sale, and it's unfortunate that he got hurt again. And he. Probably not going to come back to maybe September, but like I, I, I don't know if there's a guarantee that he's going to step on the mound again. I know they're hoping, but who knows? So, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. I know that whole organization is frustrated. You know, Bloom, I, it's not a big fan in that city. You know, they bar- he he hasn't gotten ridiculed yet because they barely talk about the Red Sox not, in Boston. Like it's yeah, I know cause they talk about the Celtics off season and then the Patriots. Yeah, Patriots, the yeah. Red Sox have been yeah, they're they're just not. They're not interesting. They, 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 I think a lot of the the fans know they have no chance. So so uh, they're they're kind of still floating under the radar. But still, I mean, I, for the job High and Bloom has done, the fact that they're 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 uh, losing games in different ways, like like Monday night they lost because they didn't hit. Uh, Tuesday night they lost because they're pitching. Also, they lose mon- Monday night because they're bullpen. It's just the, there's so many holes in the roster. They lose games in different ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They have, you know, the defense has hurt them a couple of times. Like I think they got the most, the second most areas in the American league right now. Um, yeah. The pitching hasn't been great. You know, again, Jansen's kind of been your bright spot out of the bullpen. I know he had like that one bad week, but you know, you're, you're kind of hoping Paxton kind of figures it out, continues to play, you know, pitch well, you know, Cassis, they, they were hope they were kind of high on he's batting 200. I know he had a good weekend, you know, Adam Vall just came back. You know, he's still hitting pretty well, but you know, yeah, there's just so many holes, and yeah, they're just. It seems like a new night. There's a different way to lose. I know Pavetta's pitched well, the bullpen. Um, you know, Verdugo's having a nice year, batting 285. But yeah, you know, Devers kind of he woke up. Because he woke up against the Yankees. Oh, Devers has been nasty. Devers has been outstanding. Devers is an MVP candidate. I mean, he had two home runs against the Yankees. He had two home runs last night. Devers hits two home runs and the team loses. That should never happen. He's one of the top players in the game. He hits two home runs and the team loses last night. That should not happen. No, it shouldn't. And, you know, yeah, he's got 17. He's, he started to heat up this weekend because I think before this series, he went like 50 or 60 plate appearance without home runs. Like he's starting to kind of – the power's starting to come back and he's starting to turn the corner. He always kills the Yankees. Always. Um, oh, yeah. He owns yeah. Derek Cole. Hit a home run off oh, Cole on, yeah. uh, on Friday night. Yeah. Friday. Yep, he did again. And, you know, Deshita's been a nice pickup too. And – 
he loves using that monster, which I mean, is I mean, smart. I mean, but yeah, I, mean, I get it. I get it. Bloom has made some nice pickups with Yoshida, and he signed Devers, and then he got Chandler Jansen. The problem is, if you're not going to re-sign yeah, J.D. Martinez, if you're not going to re-sign Mookie Betts, if you're not going to re-sign Xander Bogarts, get some pitching, and he's and he has not gotten that since the time he's became the GM. Maybe all right, Michael Waka had a good year yeah. last year. That's really his only guy that that the only good pitcher he's really he's, he signed. Yeah, I do. You know who won the uh, pitcher of the month in, in May? Valdi and Mike Waka. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. two guys. Yeah. Who, if Valdi wanted to come back, I'm not totally sure about Waka. Like Waka's one that I thought could have been pretty easy to sign back. Like, yeah, it just it, it's a little confusing why. And I know he, they like Whitlock, they like how and Cutter Crawford, but and I know they're hoping Sale was going to be finally healthy. But I don't think you could bank on that though. Like I, I know you want Sale to be healthy, but you, you can't bank on it. He's been so injury prone, unfortunately, for him. So. Yeah, the pitching staff going in was, again, was always a big question mark. And, yeah, they didn't make a ton of improvements besides really bringing in Kenley Jansen. You know, Winkowski's been good this year. He's been much better in the bullpen. I know John Schreiber has been a revelation when they got him last year, but he's still out. I don't, you know, maybe the end of the month they're hoping they'll get him back. But, you know, it, it's getting late early for them. Already down two back, and it, it'll, you know, in this division, it's it's tough to try to climb out of the basement. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's almost impossible without this is the best division in baseball with the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Orioles, and the Rays. And the Orioles and Rays are playing so well, they're going nowhere. You might mm-hmm. be able to beat out the Yankees and the Blue or the and the Blue and the Blue Jays, but that's going to be really hard. And it starts this weekend. It starts this weekend for the Red Sox against the Yankees. And the big question is obviously we spent time on both these teams. Who needs this series more? And I think both these teams need this series. I think both teams really need this series for the, for the Yankees. They need this series. The Yankees need this series because uh, because they don't want to lose another series to the Red Sox. They, if they're going to be a championship, they're going to be a team that's going to contend this year. They can't lose another, go out and be two and four against the Red Sox. They need to win the, to win that series. And for the Red Sox to really keep their season alive, they're five and a half games out of the wild card. To keep their season alive, they have they. they they, they have got to they have got to win this series if they want to keep it because if they don't they're probably going to be seven and a half games out with and they got to leap over like two or three teams in the middle of June that is not a place you want to be so I think this is a big series for both teams yeah it absolutely is you know for the Yankees yeah to get some confidence back and yeah you know nice to beat the Mets last night you would love to get another one tonight and hopefully two out of three against Boston to kind of yeah you kind of it's a team you kind of got to beat right now in Boston. It's not a great team. I know you're missing Aaron Judge, but it's a team you got to beat right now, even without him. Um, and yeah, with Boston, yeah, they kind of feel like you got any chance to kind of stick around. And they give that city like any hope that this team could kind of contend for a wild card spot. Yeah, you feel you got to get two out of three this weekend because, again, it's been a miserable week. You know, you lose two out of three to the Rockies team. That's not very good either. They, they're all their top guys are hurt. Bryant, Black, um, Blackman, you know, CJ Crone, like they got so many, their top weapons are hurt. Brandon Rogers, like there's, you know, they're, they're missing their top, top guys. So yeah, it, it's been disappointing for Boston and yeah, they got to win two out of three or even try to get a sweep and hope that just to give that, that city some confidence and hope that Boston could, you know, that, that Boston media could talk a little bit about the Red Sox heading in July. Cause if not, it's, yeah, it's going to be all Patriots talk from July to September. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. If they if they don't win this series, I, I I think that there's a very very small chance they make the play. I think they're done. If they if they don't take two out of three here, I think they're pretty much done. I think, I think seven and a half 
with all the teams are going to leave over. They'll be seven and a half. Just assume they beat the Rockies tonight and they're like 34 and 35. If they, if they lose this series, they'd be like 35 and 37, seven and a half games out of a wild card spot. I think they're pretty much done if they don't win this series for the Red Sox. Yeah, I kind of, I, I agree with you. I think it's just going to be too much of a uphill battle for them to kind of climb out of. There's going to be too many teams. I think you're going to have to jump as well. And, you know, they'll go to Minnesota afterward to not great, but you know, they'll have Minnesota, Chicago, Miami coming down. Like the rest of the month isn't great. Like, you know, Miami's been good. Like you got three teams that, you know, the White Sox haven't been great. The twins are decent. Miami's kind of been playing well, but you know, it's a couple of series you can beat. Maybe you get yourself rolling into July when, you know, when, when you head up to Toronto to begin the month and maybe you got a little something going. So look, we'll see, but yeah, I think it was a huge year for Boston. They got to try to take two out of three. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and now looking at this series on a, on, on a Friday night, you got uh Herman against Hauk Saturday Schmidt against Bello. And then, uh, and then Sunday Yankees will have a name to starter and Paxton's going for the Red Sox. I think the Yankees take two out of three. I just, I know without, they don't have judge, but I think they're going to, they're going to bounce back this weekend. And they, and they take two out of three over the Red Sox. Yeah. I'm with you. I think two out of three. Schmidt, Schmidt's been pitching better too. He pitched well I'll Sunday. give it to him. Yes, he's pitched better. Yeah, he's, yes. He's been I'll give better. It to him. Yeah. Yep. I think Boston went Sunday night with Paxton. Sevy's supposed, or Sevy's, I think, the guy in the rotation that's supposed to go. So it's interesting that they haven't named somebody yet. Ooh, so yeah, it is. Definitely. Something definitely. to look for, you know, something interesting that, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Yankees got to take two out of three this weekend. Oh, absolutely. 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 And before we get to the hockey, uh, we got we, our, our man Frank is, is here. He's, he's, he's listening right now. And he said it. He said it. You were right. I was wrong. He, he, he said he, 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 he said it. He said it. And, he, you know, he, he gave us credit. He said, let's, let's give him credit, though. Mm. He, he said, talk to, you, talk to you guys after the finals. The finals are over. He's talking to us. So we'll definitely give him credit for that. And then listen, for his beat, heck of a year they had. I mean, that was a phenomenal run in the playoffs. So we got definitely got to give him that. And then, then he's got a nice comment here. Go Yanks. Thank you. Thank you for that one, Frank. And thanks for listening. So, hey, Frank came back, talked to us. We got to be happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for anybody heat, but yeah, they heck of a run. You know, they'll be back next year at some point in the playoffs. And yeah, they could go out. You know, don't, don't, again, not surprising they make a run again as like a seven, eight seed. You know, it's never surprising. And yeah, uh, go Yankees. Hopefully they could sweep the uh, Subway Series tonight and, you know, sweep the uh, struggling Mets there who are just tough here. Exactly. 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 But to wrap up the show, we'll talk about another team that was crowned champions this week, and that's the Vegas Golden Knights. And they left no doubt last night. That was a party in Vegas last <laughs> night that with them beating the Panthers nine to three. And the big question is, Justin, why did the Golden Knights? Why were the Golden Knights? Why were they able to win the series in five? Um, for for Vegas, Aiden Hill was unstoppable, or just an absolute. Um, he played really well behind the net. In that, you know, they kept their foot on the gas last night. They got. You know they couldn't do anything last week. Um, last night they got up two nothing early. They scored early on, on shorthanded goal, and they pretty much put them away. And they just it, it was a war nutrition too. Um, Ekblad, one of the um Florida defensemen, was say he said you know he he's played with a broken foot since um since the Boston series. He he uh, separated his shoulder. Um, yeah, no. Frank, uh, uh, Frank said it. He said, he said he'll bust our chops next week on something. Oh, I bet you will. I definitely bet you will yeah. bust our chops. And he says against another damn Florida team. And yes, yes. It's, yeah. it's Florida. Miami was kind of similar to Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia had the Phillies and the uh, Eagles get to the yeah. uh, World Series and the uh, and and the Super Bowl. And then you guys who had two great runs. I mean, nobody yeah. expected any of these t- the Panthers or the Heat to get as far as they did. But unfortunately, they both lost in, in in their in the championship. But still, nobody expected those teams to get as far as they did. 
No. And then, hey, basketball, uh, the Kyle Beth, Miami Hurricane, don't be expected that. Yeah, the Final like, Four. Yeah. I did, I did have them in the Final Four. I take credit for that. I didn't yeah, yeah. want a couple, you know, I liked them to go on a run. But, yeah, another team nobody really kind of thought much of. The, so, yeah, it's been a – unfortunately, none, none of those three could make a finish it off. But, yeah, three three pretty good runs there for the South Florida teams uh, last couple of months. But, yeah, going back to, to the Knights, I, they just had too much. I was And uh, Matthew Kachuk in game four played with a – uh, broken sternum. He couldn't even play last night. They had to help him dress in game four because he couldn't do it himself. So I, I think Florida just ran out of gas. The, the injury started to pile up. Vegas Vegas just had so much talent. They had so much depth, and the, Florida just couldn't match it. Verbrowski played really well in game three. I just, I you know, there's some blame on him, but I can't put a ton because it just Vegas just kept coming at him, coming at him, coming at him. I think he tried to do everything he can, but I also think he kind of wore tired at the end too and um vegas last night again game four vegas went up three nothing florida fought back to get it to three two and there's another couple minutes i think florida could have tied that thing um but yeah i just vegas made sure like in the western conference finals um against dallas they kind of blew a chance to um clinch it up game five at home and then they went down to game six i don't think they didn't want to go back to florida and they made sure that last night oh they sure did they sure did now we'll kind of take a local angle on this with the bruins did they? I know the Bruins broke a win, broke the all-time wins record, but did they make a mistake firing Bruce Cassidy, who coached the Vegas Golden Knights with Stanley Cup? After the year I saw Boston have, I think it. I think it's one of those things in hockey where it just kind of it ran its course with coaching. I, I think. I think he was tough on the guys, and I, I think it kind of. Again, I, I and you see a lot in hockey. Some of these coaches just they just wear out their welcome, and they just um. And I think they need a new – the Bruins need a new voice in that locker room. And I, I think Montgomery bringing him in was a good idea. Now, I I don't think Cassie would have lost – you know, like up 3-1 and Montgomery, that team kind of just folded and they couldn't finish it. Yeah, I think if they had Cassie, maybe they don't blow that series. But I think they needed a new voice in that locker room. I just think he just wore out his welcome. And we see that a lot in hockey, unfortunately, for some of these coaches. And look, you know – might happen in Vegas with Cassie. Who knows? I've always liked Cassie. I think he's a really good coach. And um, again, the Vegas team that nobody really thought had a chance to win a cup this year. No, no, not at all. And he led them to that Stanley Cup. Now, one final thought. Uh, one final thought. Uh, Peter Laviolette hired as Rangers head coach. Uh, I, I personally thought that they they moved on from Gallant too quickly. But do you think this is going to work for the Rangers? I do because he did win a cup with the Hurricanes in 2006 and uh, led and he led the Predators and the Flyers to the Stanley Cup final. I like this hire with Peter Laviolette. Uh, so I do think it's just, if they're going to get rid of Gallant, I think this is a better coach. I think Laviolette is definitely better than Gallant. What do you think of the Peter uh, Laviolette hire? Yeah, I do like it. You know, there's another one. He's going to be tough on the guys and we'll kind of see because Gallant was the same way. And I don't think the players responded. You know, I, I just don't think they did. So that'll be interesting. I was hoping that Pittsburgh was going to let go of Mike Sullivan. That's the guy I wanted. Um, but look, I, I think Laviette's a good hire. I think he's your second best option. I think they kind of were hoping Quinville was going to get out of kind of the anchos and let him go. I was, I think that's a better idea that they didn't. But yeah, I think Laviette could lead him the cup. He's he's done it before. You know, I think Washington Ovechkin missed some time this year. Like I, that that core is kind of getting a lot older, and I think maybe that's part of why they didn't make the playoffs this year. But yeah, I like the hire, and I think um, it's good for the Rangers. And again, this is like for Drew; he can't miss on this because what I don't think there's he's got great chances of making a third hire if this one goes wrong. So I just I think Galant and him didn't 
because Gallant said after they lost, he's like, I wanted more four checkers. I didn't need more stars. I needed more four checkers. And <laughs> it sounded like Gallant or Drury didn't like, you know, just him and Gallant did not get along very well at all. Yeah, it seemed like it. That's why Gallant was gone in two years. But that's going to wrap it up for, for Sports Talk with RJ. For, for Justin Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talk, talking about the NBA draft, the Yankees and Red Sox, and any NFL news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.